welcome to the UHM Podcast with your hosts, Ryan and Shane. Okay, folks, welcome. Uh, we're on episode 19 of the UHM Horror Podcast. If you'll notice, Shane, I changed the title of the show. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I added hor- <laughs> I added the word horror into it. Um, uh, because as I was looking at it, I'm like, people, this says like, um, podcast. It's not very descriptive <laughs> from a title. <laughs> no. no, not really. Um can mean a married of things. <laughs> I know. So I decided to throw the word horror in there. To really send the point across, I th- I, th- I think that's uh, that's good brand awareness. That always works. Yes. So I'm your host Ryan. Um, here to talk about anything horror. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Shane Smith. Shane, how are you? Um, I'm I'm ill. That seems like a running theme with you. I think you were sick last time too. No, it wasn't last time. It was time before that. Oh, that's right. I um I am pretty sure I have. What is described as the man flu. Um, yeah, woke up this morning, up in final weekend, woke up this morning with the cold sweats, the shakes, and um, aching all over, and had basically spent majority of the day resting up wearing about three layers of clothing. Ooh. But, yeah, I don't feel too bad now. Funnily enough, as, the la- as it's got later in the night, I don't feel too bad. Hmm. Well, that sounds pretty good then. Yeah, mind you, it could be a combination of all sorts of pharmaceuticals that I'm currently floating on. So if I suddenly sort of like space out, then you know why. <laughs> that's only that's only an enhancement for the podcast. Well, yeah, there is that. I'm off my tits, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also with us today again is Mike Whittemore. Mike, how's everything going with you? Everything's going all right. Not too shabby. Excellent. Um, and joining us for the first time, another distinguished guest and f- member of the UHM family, uh, Miss Amy Davis Tobin, who is the host of the, or the creator, I guess, of the YouTube channel, Blood Guts and Social Commentary. Amy, hey. how are you, Amy? Good. I'm on the sick train with Shane, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we all take a ride every now and then. I think Mike's the only one that's not sick right now. <laughs> yeah, not right now, but it's come. It's coming. <laughs> well, he's on here with us. That's going to cause it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. It's called sharing the love. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got pretty good show today. Um, interesting topic. I thought we would go into. Um, everybody's favorite and least favorite things in the world remakes. Um, so I thought we'd, um, we'd each pick a couple movies, one that we love and one that we hate, and, uh, we could talk about, you know, various remakes and whatnot. But before we get to that, um, just want to let everyone know that the UHM Horror Podcast is the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. And if you'd like to support the show, um, you could sign up for a horror pack by visiting horrorpack.com slash go slash UHM podcast. And if you sign up for Horror Pack, you get a bunch of DVDs or Blu-rays in the mail every month. And it's usually a cool pack. 
and you get some interesting releases, and uh, the show gets a little bit of a benefit from it. So sign up. Do it now. Yes. So um, like we normally do, before we really get onto the topic, what have you guys been watching or listening to or reading or anything? Um, what's been going on? Shane, I'll start with you. Have you been getting into anything recently? Um, I'm currently reading Joe Hill's Nosferatu. I'm about three quarters of the way through that, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but the only way I can really describe it is if it, um, Pennywise, was a vampire. You know, and it's like all about missing kids and stuff like that. And uh, there's like the main protagonist in it is a is she's grown up with a kid of her own, but when she was a when she was younger, she was almost a victim of this of this um, killer. So um, I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, movie wise, I watched um, the girl with all the gifts oh, okay. earlier last week and do you know what it's fucking amazing is that the third really... one what the girl with all the gifts yeah it's the new vamp it's the new zombie film oh yeah um, <laughs> no okay i was i was thinking of the girl with the dragon tattoo series no <laughs> I'm, like, is that, I'm like is that one of those ones <laughs> Hey, I'm sick and you're hungover. Look, Dude, come on, man. I'm way <laughs> out of it. Listen, I had to drown my sorrows. The Patriots won. Ugh. Mm. Terrible hey, day. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Hello. But, she, yeah. she wasn't actually that bad. She was pretty good. I thought she was awesome. And yeah. I, yeah. Well, we know you're a closet Gaga fan, Mike. Everybody knows that. <laughs> it's just tattooed on my butt. <laughs> hey, I make no bones about the fact I've got all of her all of her albums. She writes a fucking good tune. She's got a cracking voice. Yep. I don't know if that's good or bad. Cracking voice. It sounds bad, but you know, I was sitting at a table of all guys yesterday drinking beer, and we all agreed she put on a great show. Yeah. Yeah, she was good. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, so music wise, actually. Music-wise, I've been going slightly bug shit over the new Depeche Mode single that um, got released on Friday. Hmm. And I have to say, I'm really looking forward to the album when it comes out next month. Cool. Yeah. Also, I, I will just point out, not to make anybody jealous or anything, but I'm, I am going to see Anthrax next Friday. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, jealous. <laughs> <laughs> That's I have, what it, I have, uh, they're going to be up yeah, by you, or are you taking a train in somewhere? No, um, they're literally playing a venue 20 minutes walk from where I live. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's uh, Anthrax and... Um, oh, shit, I can't remember the name of the support band. But the support band are English. Mm. Um, and I listened to them the other day, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just turn up when Anthrax uh, goes on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's next, that's a week on Friday. Cool. We'll have so, to get a we'll have to get a report on how that was. Oh uh, yes, you will. I'm actually going to try and um, have a word with Scott Ian, um, see if he'd like to join us on the podcast, give him all the details and stuff. <laughs> Good luck with that. He's yeah, kind let of an him asshole. Know. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll try I'll try my best. See what happens. Should awesome. be a giggle. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, how about you, Mike? You have anything you've been getting into recently? Uh, I kind of power blasted through all 
six or seven seasons of Shameless. Uh, they're all on Netflix, and I never thought I'd really get into it, but it takes place in Chicago. Yeah, and that's where I'm from. And I was like, ah, I'll get into it. Plus, I love William H. Macy. So I started watching it, and it's it's a very, very, very good show. Uh, it's not a show I'd, like, rewatch or, like, mm. buy the seasons or whatever. But uh, it's it's very entertaining. William H. Macy plays a, an amazing uh, drug addict and alcoholic. Um, besides that, um, I've just been working my ass off in school. So <laughs> whatever, I'm, I kind of did a little career change. And I'm not doing IT and networking anymore. I'm kind of trying to become a, uh, a building engineer working on heating and air conditioning because my uh, one buddy can get me into uh, union. So oh, that's some H- very good money. HVAC guy, huh? Uh, yeah, I would only do it because he's kind of getting me into it. I I kind of have a job job lined up hopefully, so I wouldn't just do it just randomly. But yeah, it's kind of uh kind of interesting. Um, listening to there's a band I just kind of uh, found out. It's a band called Vector. They're on Earache Records, and it's a uh, thrash metal band. And they put out an amazing album in 2016. And uh, I just recently bought the vinyl and hoodie for it. And I've been jamming to them. <laughs> the vinyl and hoodie? Yep. <laughs> That's funny. 60 bucks. You can't beat that. Oh, did they Next... come together? Yeah, 60 bucks for both. Sweet. Yeah, can't beat that. My next concert's that I'm actually going to be seeing Anthrax as well at uh, Chicago Open Air. It's a uh, three-day metal festival that just started last year. Oh. The lineup's not the best, but uh, Slayer, Megadeth, uh, Anthrax are going to be there. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be a fun time. So that's that's what I've been doing. Man, I uh, I went to um the Big Four show in New York a few years back. Oh man, I'm so jealous. But um, but yeah, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica. Um, that was actually the the last time I'd seen Slayer it was amazing. It was so good. They just destroyed the pit. I've never seen them live before. I kind of kicked myself for that. Yeah. Um, you're gonna like. You know what? Though the uh, what's his face, the guitarist passed away since then. Yeah, Hanneman and Lombardo, the drummer, left. Oh so yeah, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. half a Slayer right now. But Yikes. the guy that they have is from Exodus. So, well, that sucks. How about you, Amy? Have you been watching, listening to, or uh, reading anything interesting recently? Um, I've been mainlining a YouTuber called Groups McPasta. And it's to the point where my cat is completely addicted to it. (laughs) She actually gets mad when I turn it off. (laughs) So now what is that? Like at one point and just said like, Hey, you know, my cat thinks you're reading her bedtime stories. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So what's it about? Um, It's just a bunch of creepypastas and supposedly real instances, but I've noticed a trend with YouTubers where they take stories from Reddit, so it's always kind of like, yep. <laughs> how real is the post on Reddit? <laughs> yeah, they, you just go on our, uh, to our creepypasta and just take the top three uh, top three posts there, and that's what's going to be on next week's show? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's, he does about four or five videos a week, so I'm just like, okay, there's a lot of content to sip through. Wow. Because I um, watch YouTube videos, so... I apparently use YouTube wrong, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I am not seeing Anthrax live, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll have to join you there. I'm definitely not going to be able to see Anthrax live. 
Okay, so we got a 50-50 going here. Yep. So, yeah. that's cool. So, yeah, I've been... Um, I think last time on the show, I had mentioned I was watching a Netflix show with uh, Aziz Ansari, The Master of None, and I really liked it. I'm going to do a complete 180 and unrecommend that from when I had, because now I finished the show. Really? Are the last three episodes, the the or three or four episodes, the show just like slams to a halt, takes a left turn, and is not what it was when the show first started. So I don't know. I'm not a fan of the ending of it. Like I loved the the setup in the beginning. It was real funny. It was sort of sitcommy almost. You know, sort of real life interactions. It was really it was it was sort of along the lines of like a uh, Louis. And I love that show, but. The end of this one, it just got like, he tried to do the same thing Louie does and do like a dark episode or, you know, stuff that has like really serious connotations with a little bit of humor, but he lost all the humor and it ended up just being, you know, a bunch of comedic actors that can't really act trying to do serious drama. So this week on a very special episode of Master of None. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, that, I think that's my first unrecommendation. <laughs> so, if you go back to the last episode where I said watch it, you could I'll, I'll scratch that out. We'll just take that one right out of there. That's disappointing cuz yeah, the first I episode I watched was really good. Oh my god, I know. And it, like you know what? Watch the first half of the se- watch the first half of the of the season. It's great. You're you're going to love it. And then but after after a while you're just like, uh, oh, you know what? Once he gets a girlfriend, literally the show just stops. So that's but, pretty um, realistic. <laughs> Ouch. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's true. Um, but yeah, I watched the Super Bowl last night, obviously. So that was a good game. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the outcome, but you know, what can you do? Um, I'm actually, you got drunk. I, I just finished getting caught up with a, a game of Thrones. So I finished season six. I'm all caught Finally. up. Finally. I'm ready to be behind for the next season, Shane. I'm all I'm all ready. Fuck's sake, man. You took your time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> what can I say? I'm slow. I got too much stuff to watch. But yeah, so that was interesting. And I've actually been uh for reading wise, I've been reading a lot of Moon Knight comics, which is really weird. I'd like I I'd, I'd go into detail about some of this stuff, but I'm thinking about doing a a little special side recording where I describe what happens in Moon Knight because it's the most insane story in comics that I've like read. But he's basically like Marvel's Batman, only he's insane. Like he's actually insane. He has multiple personality disorder, and that's like a huge part of the comic. It's so interesting. So that's about it. And other than that, I've been watching uh, remakes for this dumb podcast that we do. <laughs> so um why don't we go into that i think the idea is we'll, well one of us will go first and um we'll do a remake that you like and a remake that you hate and we'll just see where we go from there um do you want to start us shane okay well i'm gonna go with a remake that i absolutely love okay um because it is just fucking amazing and that is evil dead um i can basically say i i saw this in the cinema um when it got released in 2013 and i have to say um i was so impressed with it i um was 
<laughs> I was laughing my ass off throughout the entire film. Admittedly, I was quite drunk when I watched it. And um, I'd basically taken in half a bottle of whiskey with me. And I'd gone with a couple of friends. And we um, <laughs> we sat there. We got these, got these uh, Pepsis. And we were like, right, okay, we've got these big Pepsis. Let's drink a bit. And then just top it up. And I ended up dumping like a whole half bottle of whiskey into this Pepsi. Oh my god! And um, by the time I left the cinema, I was just so fucking hammered, I almost fell down the stairs, which was quite funny. But um, I remember the film clearly and vividly. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's bizarre. It's like because I remember how blind drunk I got when I saw Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part Two. I can remember going into the cinema, sitting down. I remember leaving, and I remember nothing about the film, which was hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Shane, I watched that movie sober, and I don't think I remember anything from it either. That's easily done. Yeah. But yeah, um, <laughs> but basically, uh, obviously, the original story, everybody knows and loves anyway, but it's basically five friends go into a remote cabin um, solely for the purpose of trying to get their friend... Um, Mia clean from drugs, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, they essentially get there, and one of them finds a book, and you know it's all wrapped in barbed wire and plastic sheeting, and like a fool, he opens it up, and basically he just really fucks up their weekend by just reading out those immortal words, and uh, the next thing we know, poor old Mia. She's possessed and puking up black shit, and like it's all got a bit tits up for her. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, I think uh, I thought the film, I, I didn't really see it as a remake, and I think I've discussed this with you before, actually, Ryan, quite a while back. But I don't really, I didn't really see it as a remake. I saw it as obviously a reimagining. Um, and it was cool because there were certain. I mean, it didn't have the character of Ash. Yeah. Which, for me, I thought was brilliant. I thought it was really good. I agree. I think they're smart to do that, to not put Ash in, because you can't have Ash without Bruce Campbell. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so uh, it was just everything about the film I just thought was absolutely superb. It was like the acting was really good. The story was really good. Um, The FX in it I thought were fantastic. I think there's like two cases of CGI elements in there in the entire film and all the rest of it is all practical effects, which I thought was fantastic. And what I loved more about it was the gore. It was just so, oh, it was so beautiful to watch. And I mean, we can sit here and go on about all different aspects of the film, you know, which are the best parts. But for me, the chainsaw in the face remains (laughs) the best fucking scene in that film ever. I love it. Yeah, there was a lot of creepy parts of that movie. Like, uh, the, the, yeah. they used the gore effects um, to really drive the tension. And I, I like to point this out to a lot of movies that are just, oh, it's just all gore. It's all gore for the sake of gore. No, this movie, they use it to build the terror up. And, yeah. and it's it's sort of like a ramp where they escalate everything until it's just balls-to-the-wall craziness. Um, yeah. I, I, think, I think it really works in that movie. Yeah, I just like there was a. Oh, sorry. Uh, I feel like there was a missed opportunity in not playing "Raining Blood" while it was raining blood, though. I know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that would have been fantastic. 
Yep, back to Slayer. Yeah, always oh, back to Slayer. Yeah, apparently there was up to there was seventy thousand gallons of fake blood used in that film, <laughs> and fifty thousand gallons of that were used for the final scene alone. <laughs> so that's that. I mean, that was pretty fucking epic. Let's face it. I mean, it's just it's just an amazing film to watch. The cinematography in it was brilliant. Yep. Um, and I <laughs> I just love it when when Mia basically is left. And she's fending against the demon. And it's just like, it's just that scene when the demon says, I will eat your soul, eat this motherfucker. And then puts a chainsaw in her face. It's just, yes, that was just amazing. Now I saw this in in the movie theater too. I think in my opinion, this is the goriest movie I've seen in a movie theater. Um, Probably because, you know, I wasn't, alive or old enough to go to the old school 80 slashers back in the day but i don't know if i if there's been a movie with this much gore in it in a theater in like 20 years or something you know i don't i don't remember anything anything as gory to be quite fair i'm trying to think i can't i think maybe i saw your next in theater that was pretty gory but mm-hmm. uh evil dead was on another level yeah it, it, evil it, dead was just it's just perfection yeah, it like borderlines um, brain dead or dead alive. Like, it's see, just thing that it, much gore. Yeah, see, it's there's two different versions of Evil Dead because um, I have it on Blu-ray and obviously it's the same as it was in the cinema. But um, when they broadcast it on Film 4 a few months back, it had a completely addition... It had an additional scene at the end of the end credits. So you get the whole Bruce Campbell or Ash saying, Groovy at the end but after that it cuts to another scene of Mia being found on the road by a guy he picks her up and puts her in the back of the car and basically them driving off and her her eyes opening in a quite a sinister fashion and that version hasn't been released in the UK hmm. so um, apparently it's supposed to be getting a release anyway because they're releasing a uncut version or something apparently but um yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be quite cool to get hold of that. I mean, if you say uncut, but I mean, I can't imagine what they cut out. <laughs> it can't be anything in, in terms of uh, in terms of the violence or gore. It must just be like blot details they removed. Yeah, some dialogue. Awesome. Yeah, but even so. Sorry, Amy, go on. Oh, sorry, it didn't have a whole hell of a lot of nudity or sex either. So maybe that I don't know. Oh, hang on. I just found something on on, on IMDb. Um, it was 2015. Channel 4 premiered the movie on terrestrial TV, and it showed an alternate cut of the film running an extra four minutes and ten seconds. Hmm. Um, it's, it says here, it's not known where this cut came from, but it is assumed that Studio Canal provided the alternate print in error to Channel 4. Hey, I say thank you very much to Studio Canal because I got to see extra bits. Nice. So, yeah, that... Yeah, that is the alternate cut. So that is there is extra scenes in it. So um, yeah, it's. I was just. Um, I love this film. I really do. I think it's an absolute classic movie. No. And if I'm if I'm gonna watch a horror film, I will watch this version of Evil Dead. And don't get me wrong, I loved all the originals, but this one for me, I just think it's superb. How do you think it stands up in comparison with um, Evil Dead 1? Um, I think it's kind of on a par, personally. 
Because, I mean, back in the day, Evil Dead, it was one of those classic movies that scared the living daylights out of people. You didn't expect what to see. And it was just genuinely unique. And I guess what they tried to do with the new version, they tried to make it just as unique, but with the added ante of more gore. Hmm. So I think it's a lot more gorier than the original, but, I mean, the original film is just a classic. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about this one, Amy? I enjoyed it. Um, I did like the reason for going and staying because it was a lot more viable and the reason for nobody believing her. It made a lot more sense than the original, but I kind of like to believe they're apples and oranges. Like, you kind of can't compare Bruce Campbell's to this because I was a bigger fan of Evil Dead 2 anyway, but... Yeah, the slapstick element. There's not really a lot of humor in this one other than... um... What's the guy, the skinny nerd guy that um, sort of gives his his take on things? Like, don't read the book. Why are you reading an old book? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I can't remember his name. Was it Eric? Is that the guy? I think so, yeah. Hang on. That was the one. Yeah, I'm looking through my notes now, and I don't see it. Uh... But, yeah, it's it's not like Evil Dead 2, where the movie's slapstick. Like, it's it's mostly... Mostly comedy with gore elements. Um, this is a much more serious tone. It's sort of, I think it, they try to be even more serious than the original Evil Dead, because that one had some funny elements to it as well. I don't know if they yeah. were all in, entirely intended to be that funny, um, but that's the way it came across to me. Also, the opening scene in the re- in the new version of Evil Dead is just brilliant because I mean, you see the girl running through the forest being chased and you don't know what's going on you don't know if who exactly is chasing her or why they're chasing her but then when you get to the basement of the cabin and it's basically it just turns around and she says i will eat yourself you're like what the fuck she's actually possessed Mm. and then her dad like pours petrol over her and uh sets fire to her and then blows her head off and i was just completely floored by that i was like wow yeah mike i know you're a huge fan of the original evil dead um, how'd you feel about this one versus the original? Uh, I was on board with the remake. Uh, I thought the the poster was r- really awesome. It just showed the uh, the girl, and I think it said like the scariest movie you'll ever see. And I thought that was really effective. Um, but I've only seen the movie one time, and that was oh. in theaters, so yeah. it's it's been a while. But uh, I and I didn't really care for it really when I watched it. I thought. The characters were really the downfall of the whole movie, but I thought the gore was awesome. And I think I still say like, no, no matter how many people ask me about it, I didn't like the movie overall, but the ending scene was brilliant. But what mm-hmm. Shane was saying, it was absolutely brilliant, but I do have to watch it again. Well, yeah, sorry, but you can't, you can't get no better than a chainsaw in the face. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was just so cool. <laughs> And immediately, of course, I thought of Raining Blood as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth a rewatch. I think you should go back and check it out again. Um, yeah, I want to buy it because I have them all, so I'm probably just going to end up buying it. I literally rewatched this last night, and I have to say, it's like just watching it, I was just like completely transfixed. And it is one of those movies I can sit there and watch and not take my eyes off the screen. The cat can destroy the flat as much as he likes. But if I'm watching Evil Dead, that's it. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, because we saw this in the theater and my husband absolutely hated it. And I was okay with it. I wasn't like wowed by it. 
but we rewatched it again for this podcast and he changed his mind to the exact quote I have is it's an all right rendition, but it's no musical. <laughs> it's no, listen, I saw the evil dead musical in person and yep. that was definitely a highlight. If I had to pick one to watch, it wouldn't be the musical, but I w- it would be on the list. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can see it live when he gets splattered in blood, because I've seen it like three times live. So, oh yeah. my god, were you, were you in the blood zone? Oh yes, you have to be in the blood zone. Uh, see, we um the the t- the show that I went to, it was in New York, and it was actually it was a sh- it was um they had Bruce Campbell was there, and he was doing a Q and A afterwards. So the tickets were like super sold out. We weren't able to get any blood row tickets. Oh, yeah, we saw it in a rinky-dink, like, really small theater in town, so there was no problem. Like, you pretty much had to do a special request to be out of the blood zone. Yeah. If anyone gets a chance, go see the Evil Dead, Evil Dead the musical. It is it is still uh, playing? Um, It tours around the country. Actually, I was in Vegas a couple years ago, and I saw they were playing it there, and I got vetoed by, like, three different people I was with. I'm like, we have to go, and everyone else is like, no. No, we don't. Your friends were wrong. Your friends are very wrong. Yeah. But I did talk them into going to Eli Eli Roth's haunted house, so that was the one thing I was able to get done. See, that'd be okay if it comes to the UK. I'll be able to go and see it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's it's awesome. So, uh, what, what was your remake that you hated, Shane? The Fog. (laughs) (laughs) right um it's just what can i say the film is wrong on all fucking levels now you 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 said this before on the podcast why don't you tell us your fog story about um how you acquired the fog and watched it Uh, okay right well basically i've gone uh dvd shopping one afternoon and uh in my local blockbusters rest in peace um and I basically came across a couple of movies. I can't remember what the other one was, but I picked up two. They were at the same price. I thought, right, which one do I give a chance? I'll give The Fog a chance because I had been interested to see what they'd done with it. Anyway, I buy the DVD. I take it home. I take it out of the DVD player, put it back <laughs> in the case, and then promptly walk back to the shop and say, can I get a refund, please, because this film's fucking shit. <laughs> And um, I, <laughs> I then, uh, and I didn't get a refund. I think I actually got the other film instead. So, uh, yeah, I literally bought it, watched it, took it back on the same day. Yeah, I, you're probably better off for it. I only watched that movie one time. And actually, in prepping for this podcast, I know you were doing that one. I did not watch it. I'm like, fuck that movie. I'm not watching dude, it again. Dude, I didn't either. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it either. I was staying away from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I refused point blank to fucking watch that. It was just no. When you made, when you commented on that, I was like, no. I'd rather watch John Carpenter's original because I know it's so much better. And there is no fucking way that I am going to watch the remake of The Fog again because I will never. Get, I'll never get those ninety minutes back. Amy, did you watch the remake of The Fog recently? Yeah. Okay, well, at least we have one responsible person. <laughs> <laughs> I had pushed out my brain and totally forgot I watched it in the opening scene when that one song comes on, and I actually have it in my notes. It's like, what the fuck with the opening song? I remembered I had seen it, and I'm just like, well, I rented it, I spent money, here I am now. <laughs> is, it, is it like Fallout Boy? Isn't it something like that? Yeah, oh no, it's um, 
oh god, the one about the gun and bullets and do you guys know what I'm talking about? I'll be your oh, number one, one with the bullet. The Nickelback yeah. song? I don't think it's Nickelback. I think it's generic rock band number 82. Wow. It wasn't Megadeth, was it? Sweating bullets? Megadeth. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an improvement. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the soundtrack listing here. Um, Aiden, What Died, uh, Take Your Clothes Off, Morning Wood, <laughs> Vibrate by Peter Pablo. Yeah, there's some ridiculous names. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Jamiroquai, Feel Like It Should. Oh, dear God. Jamiroquai. It was that yeah. godless time in the early 2000s where we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Um, Nighttime, Petrovic, Sugar We're Going Down by Fallout Boy. That- Right. It was Fallout Boy. I knew it. <laughs> I wouldn't brag about knowing Fallout Boy's discography there. Well, listen. I knew there was a shitty like rock song. I'm like, it's got to be Fallout Boy, right? Like, what else could it be? There's so many shitty rock bands to choose from. I eat Nickelback. Oh my god. <sighs> yeah, no, that movie. Nickelback. That Fog movie is garbage, and I almost wish that I watched it, but I I don't really. Be- I, like, I can't even remember what happens in it. I know they changed some of the details about the plot. But it, the the plot itself, instead of being like this sort of moody mystery that John Carpenter had going, where they're trying to put the pieces together as the fog's rolling in on the town, it ends up being like uh, a sci-fi channel type plot where there's like one girl who knows what's happening and she's like going to the mayor and then she's going to the police chief, who's probably her father, but I can't remember. And then she's going to somewhere else. It just trash, complete trash. It feels like somebody read the cliff notes on John Carpenter's version and then pasted that together with Wikipedia so they wouldn't get it busted for plagiarism. Is yeah. really how it felt. Just really mashed together. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. Definitely, definitely garbage. Um, Fucking awful. <laughs> Dirty awful. I can't believe I actually sat there and bought that and then watched it. But uh, she's just come back to me with the film that I bought, and I think it may well have been Devil's Rejects. Oh, yeah, that's worth it. Yeah. Uh, Way better choice. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just skip right by. We'll just put a rubber stamp on that one that just says piece of shit. Yeah. And um, we'll move on to the next Mm -hmm. one. So, Mike, Mike, what was your pick for your your, your remake that you liked? All right. Well... I picked, and as as much as I talk about it, I picked The Thing, which is my all-time favorite, not even just a horror movie, but my all-time favorite movie, mm-hmm. uh, with Kurt Russell, my uh, my uh, significant other. Yep. and well, Your man um, crush. Yeah, my, my man crush every day. And <laughs> <laughs> I just, everything about that movie, uh, it's just, I can't even put it into words, like, the the atmosphere of the whole movie how claustrophobic it is and uh the practical effects the music uh the acting even it's just it's all perfect for me i would honestly give that movie a perfect 10 out of 10 um i i still get goosebumps watching certain scenes i'm like that guy uh i got a half sleeve tattoo of it on my left arm i i just i absolutely adore that movie uh, i'm not saying that i hate the original which i don't i've only seen it like once maybe twice yep but it's uh, i know ryan you're a big fan of it 
Yeah, I, I love the um, the original, uh, the I Howard think, Hawks uh, thing. From yeah, that's yeah, that's the that's the director. I couldn't think of his name, but um, it just I think uh, Carpenter improved on it a lot because as much as I did like the original version, I thought the monsters a little goofy. Yeah. Um, I thought they they just they did everything right with the '82 version, like uh, just little stuff that. You know, uh, this like virus alien thing. He goes to different worlds, and they it takes over different um, uh, organisms, and it consumes them. That's why when you're seeing it, you're not really seeing its true form. You're just seeing a plethora of other forms that it, it has. And I thought that was brilliant. You just it's so creepy that way. Yeah, you don't um, even know what it you don't know what it actually is. Yeah, and it's just it left so many questions open that. Uh, that did not need to be answered. Like when, as soon as they go in the Norwegian camp, you see all this stuff happening, and as soon as you see that, your mind is just racing. It's like you're filling in the gaps of what you thought happened, and it's just brilliant. Uh, for, even from the guy who uh, cut his throat, and you see the blood frozen coming down, mm. which is amazing practical effects. It's like, well, what made that guy do that? What situation was he in? Why did he get in that room? You know, it's just amazing if only um, there was a movie that could explain all the events of those things that you described oh my god ryan <laughs> you're in luck because i uh ironically uh i picked the thing 2011 as the one i hated now <laughs> i i've been successfully boycotting this film for uh what six years now um, as soon as it came out, I was like, I'm not, nope, nope, I'm not watching it. There's no way I'm watching it. My friends were like, well, you got to give it a chance. And I'm like, no, I, I do not have to give that a chance. <laughs> um, and I watched it today. I tried to stretch it to the very last minute before this podcast. <laughs> and and I, I, was, I was trying to keep an open mind. I was trying the whole fucking time to keep an open mind. But I could not because it was piss. It was absolute piss and shit mixed. It's like what they prisoners make in jails. Like they, they throw them at guards. It's like piss shit and come all into one. They throw them at guards and then the guards get AIDS. Like that's the thing. <laughs> and it's, it's don't, one don't of the hold back, things. Mike. Just no, go fuck ahead. This. I don't give a shit. No, I, so I watched that. protest. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, it was, it's like, it wasn't even disappointing. It was, it was worse than I thought it would be because I've seen <laughs> I've seen uh, like bad, bad horror movies. Obviously, I, you know, I live for horror movies and I've seen bad shit, but this is on a different level. But uh, I'll get, I guess, going into the details. The opening scene is horseshit. It's absolute horseshit because the whole premise of 1982 thing was it's sort of realistic in a way you know they're talking to each other you kind of believe it no one knows who the quote-unquote thing is even the actors didn't even know half the time who the thing was so that gave an, uh, an overall sense of confusion and this one it's just like the opening scene it was just you know them crashing through the ice and two sheets of ice holding this car together and them turning on the lights and seeing this fucking spaceship in the ground and uh it was all CGI. Though I swear to God, it's like Toy Story. The whole movie was fucking CGI. And <laughs> it's just, it was supposed to be a prequel. Like, 
everything that you saw in the 1982 version, all those, you know, questions in your head that you wanted to fill the gaps in and kind of make your own story for yourself, they just shoved it down your throat in this one. Every everything, every little goddamn thing. And I applaud them for detail. But I was going to uh, say the, the detail is amazing that they did replicate so yeah. many things from that camp. Um to try to really make it look like the uh, 82 one. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things I liked about it. It looked like the camp would be. The only thing it did <laughs> not look like is that it took place in 1982. You could have not even slapped 1982 on that goddamn film, and you would not even have known that it t- took place in the 80s. Yeah. Um, let me see. I have some notes here. Um. Okay, first off, so sorry, I'm gonna ramble a bit because I'm kind of pissed. But um, no, feel feel free. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a drink. So, Go ahead. I'm so sorry for this, but uh, pissed as in drunk or pissed as in pissed off. <laughs> oh, I wish. Oh, right. Um, but there's Americans now for some reason in the Norwegian camp, and that didn't make much sense to me. Um, because okay, they go out of their way to go to wherever Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead was working, and they're like, hey, we need your help. You're American. The guy who came with with him to get her was American. He's like, hey, there's a spaceship in ice. We need you to come and take it out, whatever. And she's like, all right, whatever. And they go, and now there's like five Americans at this Norwegian camp. So if there's if they're going to help or get help from the Americans, they can't contact Kurt Russell's group. And at all, like they didn't not one time, but they said one thing in the uh, movie. They're like, you know, don't go on the radio about this. We need to keep absolute silent. Why? Like there, there is I know they kind of wanted the, the spaceship for themselves and the, the find of the century for themselves. But even when shit was started to happen, they still didn't contact anybody. They tried to. And they're like, oh, the storm's coming. But if you watch the movie, the storm lasts like 10 minutes and half the time they're outside with their hoods down and everything. It just, that part of it bugged the hell out of me. And I know I'm kind of rambling. I'm just trying to getting my thoughts together. Um, there, there, <laughs> there are too many Americans in it. It was to the point where it was just like completely unbelievable. Uh, because I think they there was only those... one or I thought there was only like two Americans in it. There was, well, the no, girl... they, they had, uh, the girl, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, right? The guy, for the shitty dumb and dumber prequel. They had, uh, the the guy from Oz, they had Joe Edgerton, and they had some no, other. Joe guy. Edgerton was in there, but I thought all everyone else was supposed to be Norwegian or at least some type of European descent. I mean, the guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, one of the guys in it, the guy with the big ginger beard. He was yeah. uh, he's in Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, those guys. But there's like five or six Americans in the movie, which it really didn't make sense to me. If they were an American, they spoke perfect English. And the Norwegians actually spoke Norwegian or had an accent. I'm going to refer to that guy as Tormund because he was—that's he, whose character is on Game of Thrones. I don't even but, know what uh, his name is. I know he's a big ginger <laughs> guy in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that just didn't make sense to me. It's supposed to be a Norwegian camp. This movie would have been ten times better if they just focused on the Norwegian aspect of it. Um, yeah, but there's no way they would release a movie into theaters with subtitles. Well, then you shouldn't release it at all, huh? <laughs> um. The, the CGI was shit. It was just, I can't even go into words. That was probably the worst part about this movie. Uh, I can't, 
obviously the thing from 1982 that perfect practical effects in my opinion every scene was done you know over days and it took uh precision and work and talent and it's just they just like oh my god they just threw like barf on screen and that's what it was and they had an entire practical effects team working on this movie and they didn't use any of it none i think the only practical effects that i saw in this movie is when they were um on the operating table with you know the alien um other than that like the there's one uh the first scene really actually first time you kind of see the alien is in the back of a helicopter and this guy's face splits open it just looks terrible actually yeah i'll agree with you on that it did look pretty shit in 1981, American Werewolf in London came out. The effects were spot on. They still look good to this day. 1982, yeah. same thing. They still look great to this day. 2011 came out with this piece of shit, and it's looked dated as soon as it came out. It makes no sense to me why they would do that. Yeah. Um, the scientists in the movie didn't listen to Mary Elizabeth Winstead at all. She's like, hey, they're you know the cells are replicating, and they're like, yeah, okay, bitch. That didn't make any sense to me. Um. I'm trying to hurry up. Um, there's a. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a, a shot for shot remake of the thing. It's supposed to be a prequel, but they did everything that the 82 version did. So how can you be a prequel, but do a shot for shot remake of it? It made zero sense to me. There was no original ideas in this thing at all. And pun not intended, but there was, there was none. It was just like, well, let's take 1982 and let's redo that, but with shitty CGI. Um, all the alien replications, like if he would take another form, the monster, they would all look the same. In the 82 version, they all pretty much look different. Uh, it's because he was going through different forms and different, you know, kind of aliens. They were the, like the flower monster in the uh, the dog cage and in the very end where, you know, uh, What's his face? Uh, Kurt Russell's like, fuck you too. They look completely different from one another. But in this one, it's just like all tentacles and growling and snarls. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Um, I think I got everything negative about it. The only two <laughs> things... <laughs> the two things I actually did like about it were uh, the blood test, how they did it differently. Yeah, how she was cool. checking for fillings instead of actually doing a blood test. I thought that was really cool and unique. Uh, even my girlfriend, who really likes the original or the remake, liked that scene too. And the thing that really, I think the best part about the whole movie was the, the end credit scene where they showed the two Norwegian getting in the helicopter and the dog running off. Yeah. I was like, that's that one and a half minutes or two minutes in my opinion was better than the entirety of the movie. And I thought that was awesome how they did that. I knew Lars was going to survive because he was one that didn't really, uh, oh, spoilers, but, um, yeah, <laughs> my bad. I, it, I don't but, think uh, anyone really cares <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't speak English. If you haven't seen oh, the no. 1982 movie by now, you're not going to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, I, I kind of knew that Lars was going to live cause he didn't speak English and you know, the, in the beginning of the 1982 version, they're yelling in Norwegian and stuff. It, it's that part was brilliant, but the rest of the movie horseshit. Yeah, and that's that's all I got. Now, have so, you have you looked oh, up yeah. into any of like? Did you see some of the practical special effects that they did? Like, if you go online, yeah. if you go onto YouTube, you could see some of the practical effects. Oh yeah, and it looks gorgeous. It so, looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I'm I have my theory on this movie is that there was a ton of studio interference on this one. 
It had to have been. I believe that. Ow. He... <laughs> I think that was a Ziggy attack. Jesus. Yep. Yep. He just caught. Yeah, he just caught my caught my finger with his claw. Not cunt. But yeah. Jesus. No, but what I was saying is the um, if they any of the interviews with the directors or writers or anything, what they were really going for. Um, was to to do just pure prequel. They wanted it to be its own story, and they had to the detail they put in, the care that they put in to make the camp the exact same, and to get the setting right, and to get like they even like tried measuring like different things to get the right size of how big the camp should be because they didn't know you know how how big it actually was when they built it. So they, they use screenshot comparisons and everything to, to replicate and make, you know, new pieces and everything like that. But I think the studio came in and was like, one, we can't think of a title for this movie. Because what are you going to call it? The thing, the prequel, the thing, the beginning, thing zero. Like, what do you yeah. what do you call a prequel to the thing? It just doesn't make sense. So they were like, no, just go remake. And they're like, we're not doing a remake. We can't. You know, we've already got this shit set up. So they sort of made them be like hit on all these scenes, make it like a re- a remake, and they tried to half-ass prequel and remake, and they sort of got smushed together. And that's, then, yeah, that that makes sense. With all the practical effects, apparently some studio executives weren't completely satisfied with some of the effects, so they CGI'd over the effects. All the effects were filmed, and they were in the shots, and the actors were acting with these yep. practical devices, and they CGI'd over them. Which is crazy, yeah. And I, if you, if if no one has seen that, definitely go on YouTube and look at those practical effects because they look awesome. They yeah. look phenomenal. And for 2011, that's unheard of. Yeah, and so I think I think this movie got just wrecked by the studio trying to get it made for whatever you know bad oversight. I think was what is the real detriment to this movie. Amy, um, what what do you think on the the thing prequel remake thing? I mean, my grievance with it is pretty much the same as Mike's. I'm like, how in the world are you calling this a prequel when it really is the '82 version? I saw very little difference. I didn't end up rewatching this one because I just remember it being a colossal waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have as much hate for it as um as Mike or probably even you, but um. It's it's not even on par. It it's not worth being mentioned in the same sentence as you know the the uh, Kurt Russell John Carpenter thing. It's like saying the American remake of Old Boy versus the original Old Boy. It's like, well, if you want the watered down version, go with this one. But if you want you know the better version, go with the original. Right. Yeah. Great. So um so yeah, you love the thing and you hate the thing. Thanks for that. Mike. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Do you know what? That was the most entertaining part of the whole podcast so far. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I no, while watching it, I had so much hate. So much hate trash with you. Yeah, I was. I know it was raw. Like it just happened to you. Like it was as, as if somebody like just hit your car and you found out about it right can now. I be honest? Like, Son can of I a be bitch. honest with you? This actually like. I'm not even exaggerating to be funny, but this legitimately put me in a shitty mood. Like, it, and I, I swear to God, it ruined my entire day. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Possible week, but who knows? Oh my God. I think everybody should rally around and give Mike a hug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Everyone, send your love to Mike. And nudes. Send nudes. Yeah, send nudes. Yeah. 
nudes. nudes Male, female, he doesn't care. Yeah, it's like, it's... I can give you nudes, they just won't be of me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can send you a link for livenudecats.com. That'll do the trick. <laughs> what? Jesus. He's All right. That shit. <laughs> okay, Amy, we're moving on to you. Um, what remake did you choose um, that you liked? Uh, the remake I chose that I liked was awesome that you guys let me have this. Uh, Little Shop of Horror. Because not only do I love horror movies, I really, really love musicals. So having them together is awesome for me. Um, this is one of those I actually think kind of overshadowed the original because as you saw also in the group chat like most people didn't even realize this is a remake yeah right. um, i thought it was hysterical shane's like what there's another one there's a first <laughs> mike did too yeah, yeah i didn't know <laughs> yeah but i mean i i can't knock guys for not knowing a public domain roger corman film from the 60s because i did watch that again <laughs> so did i <laughs> yeah because I had the Count Gordeval version, and I just watched one on YouTube because, like I said, it's public domain. I can do that. And I was just like, ah, I wish I had gotten Gordeval's bumps in here. Yeah. It would have been kind of nice. It's not a bad movie. It's just Corman doing his Corman thing of, like, it was shot in two and a half days. It was yep. in and around a set that was built for something else. It, it was very much Corman being Corman. Yeah. I laughed my ass off, though. There were some funny parts in that movie. I actually, I really liked um, the original. It, it was way funnier than I was expecting. Um, yeah, the guy that would like, eat the flowers and the random girls with the two grand. Just, so, yeah, we're doing floats. We're in a flower shop. And don't <laughs> together we can buy flowers from you. Yeah. And I think Dick... they kind of... What's up? No, I was going to say that's um, uh, Dick Miller. Yeah. As the guy eating the flowers, a young Dick Miller. Yeah, and Jack Nicholson as the uh, patient who likes the dentist. Yes. It's so that's young all good Jack stuff. They, you know, they used a lot of those same ideas for the mm -hmm. remake, obviously. Uh, well, the remake's based off of, the, of a play, right? They So yeah. they, they made the Roger Corman one first, and then yeah. um, some this guy wrote a play, based or, or a musical play, and then they adapted mm -hmm. that to, to uh, the film. I think that's how it yeah, worked, right? Yeah, it's just like a hairspray. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what they did there. And they kept a lot of the comedic elements, and they just bolstered them more. Um, they really played up how impoverished it was. The only thing that really totally switched up was Mushnick and Seymour's relationship. Mm -hmm. Because Mushnick in the musical took him in as an orphan, whereas mm -hmm. in the original, um, Seymour lived with his mother, who was a hypochondriac, and they implied kind of an alcoholic yes, as well. <laughs> would, would she say, would she saying he can't marry Aubrey because she has no illnesses and only a strong woman has illnesses? Yeah. It's like, all I could think was the uh, John Waters where she's trying to convince her son not to be straight and to be gay. And she's like, heterosexuality <laughs> is a terrible life and you don't want to be trapped there. <laughs> yeah. So um the uh, the musical elements put into this uh how do you think they work in terms of storytelling Oh I absolutely love the way they told the story with this because there's two ways I like to see my musicals either something like hairspray where it made perfect sense for Tracy to think of her life in these big grandiose dances 
or completely inappropriate. And yes. that's what Little Shop of Horror <laughs> did. Every single thing was either a very self-aware exposition or it was to add to the emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an ex- that's a good way to one- describe it, inappropriate. Yeah, because like one guy comes in and he just goes, that's a very interesting plant. Well, I guess I'll take $50 worth of flowers is exactly <laughs> how they figured out Aubrey's a draw. Yep. That's funny. Um, they even pointed out uh, on when I was looking at trivia that the uh, Mean Green Mother from Outer Space was actually the first Oscar-nominated song to contain profanity. Nice. Or written for a film. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, which... For this one, did you watch the director's cut or the original? Or the I believe movie? I watched the original because there's <clears throat> some weirdness with what cuts they could get and couldn't get, and some things were destroyed and some weren't. Yeah, so I actually, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. Today, I just got in the mail um, the director's cut. I was trying to get it earlier, and uh, I just didn't get a hold of it, but I went online and watched the scenes anyway. You can... You could find some of the cut scenes are on YouTube and the, the ending is entirely different. It's 100% different and it is fucking crazy, crazy ending compared to what they actually put in the movie. Yeah. Did, did it say director's cut or intentional cut? Cause I think there's a difference. Well, this one is the director's cut that, in, that includes the original, um, um, the original ending. And there's a little pamphlet in here from Frank Oz saying blah, blah, blah. They, they screened this for a bunch of, I guess, um, test, you know, testing. And the audience didn't like it because, spoiler for the director's cut, in the director's cut, um, the two main characters die. And I guess they didn't like that. So they went back and reshot the ending that's in the theatrical cut. And it's it's much longer too. Like the the director's cut is 102 minutes, and the theatrical is 94. So they cut yeah. out a lot. And I, and watching it today, you should go online and check it out. It's nuts. They built scale models. They basically have um, Audrey's taking over the world, and it's like they're blowing up buildings in New York. There's giant plants rampaging through the town throwing cars around, eating people, attacking the army. It is awesome. And it ends with a shot of a giant Audrey, or giant Audrey too, climbing on top of the Statue of Liberty. And, you know, it just says the end dot, 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 question mark. Oh, that's right. They actually put those on like trading cards to promote the movie. Yeah. But then they took the shots out. So it was yeah, like, right. where did this come from? Because <laughs> um, some of the Audrey people actually came from Henson's workshop. So you really couldn't beat that in terms <laughs> puppeteering at the point oh yeah yeah one of them was actually henson's son i think he still runs the company now yeah yep was henson's son yeah because that was the thing that was kind of nice in both of the remake and the originals they had that very subversive humor and references that like you really would have to know the time period to get like the greek chorus all three girls were called oh god it was was crystal renette chiffon those were all girl bands at the time and in the original there's a joke that got lost kind of in through the years where he says he got the bowl from a japanese farmer and a cranberry shipment loops cranberries but at the time there had actually been a problem with cranberries and their sales had plummeted so the joke was that it had been infected with whatever disorder issue the cranberries were having at the time 
So yeah. unless you knew that specific bit of trivia, you wouldn't know that. Right, right. Mike, have you ever seen the uh, Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, I, I actually used to watch it a lot when I was a kid, I think. Yeah, this was a and, childhood favorite of mine, too. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much the last time I really watch it. I really have to revisit it because you guys are hyping it up quite a bit. <laughs> and it's probably a lot of things I missed in it from when I watched it when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of jokes that definitely, when you get older, you get that second layer of humor of like, oh, God, we were allowed to watch this little kid. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Ash, yeah. Especially with Aubrey and her boyfriend. Like, oh, my yeah, tied God. Up. Oh, no, just handcuffed a little. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, the I'm not a huge musical fan, like, by by any means. There's probably only a couple musicals I actually enjoy. And I really love this movie. It is. It's so much fun. And this the songs are good. They're fun. They're, they're hilarious because the way they describe the plot in the music is yeah. it's just hysterical like it's one of those this is so over the wall and pointless to be singing it but it's perfect because of how crazy the movie is and i think the exactly. style of the movie works really well the you know the whole, the whole tone that they get with it um the coloring everything's amazing it's not exact i mean it is horror it has horror elements to it but yeah. it's it, it's a comedy musical you know first and fourth and foremost i guess so, you know it's it's really fun. It's a fun watch. And actually, I think yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, I wanted to check on this one. I'm like, it's not really horror. Oh, I'm scared in a lot here, but... We don't care. We let Shane do a movie he didn't even watch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I watched it. You didn't. <laughs> actually, a... that'd be two movies I didn't even watch. Which what was the other one? The other one you um, covered? Uh, no, it was a few... It was a while back. Oh, Christ. What was that? Um, let's see, I refused point blank to watch The Fog. Uh, the other one was um, me, me or Ryan hadn't actually seen The Conjuring. Oh, that's oh right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we both watched two first, though, right? We watched yeah. two. I, yeah, I, I, still haven't, I still haven't watched The Conjuring yet. So, oh, um, oh, I did. I went back and watched the first one. Did we yeah. talk about the first one? Uh, no, we talked about the second one. Well, we're really good at podcasting. <laughs> well, to be fair, I like the first one better than the second, so. Likewise. Well, I like the second better than the first, so, in your face. Well, you're wrong. Well, Damn, it. Damn it. So, yeah, Little Shop of Horrors is great. Uh, what was your remake that you did not like, Amy? Uh, I spit on your grave. Uh... Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> Now this is an this is an interesting one I think because this remake spawned like three or four sequels, right? Three. Uh, oh no, it has God. three total. Three total. It's a trilogy. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, I made the comment earlier about almost punching my husband in the neck. <laughs> we were at funny. the video store. He's like, "Oh, I didn't know." they made another one because he was pulling out three i'm like yes you did and he was like what it's like we watched it and then i sat there and i was explaining it's like i thought that was a plot to two i'm like no and then i went through each and every bullshit plot to all three of these because i am a terrible masochist <laughs> so for uh, like, for anybody who doesn't know what what's the basic story of i spit on your grave uh, the original included okay the original is was shocking for the time period it still is today it holds up nicely is a big city girl quote unquote goes into the country 
runs afoul of some rednecks, and then they repeatedly gang rape her. And then she turns around and is like, I ain't having none of that nonsense, and murder deads them all. Yep. I think that's an adequate summary. Yeah. Um, this one, it took that basic plot, it took the basic hatred for city girls and city folks, and put that there, but um, in the original, there was a character who was mentally deficient. They never really say in what way, because I don't want to assume he's retarded, but there was something going on there mentally. Yeah. In the original, he is basically forced to rape this girl. In this one, they just kind of egg him on until he does. And I'm like, okay, words and demasculating him are very different than literally forcing somebody on somebody. So it took the one evil sympathetic character you had and just totally took that away from him. Right. None of these characters were sympathetic. I mean, the girl was to an extent, but they really just took the key point of she got raped and now she's going to kill them all. And I'll give it the kills were creative, but they were so over the top and like she killed animals a few times to do them. And she just seemed very hollow and not very sympathetic. It's like, yeah, a terrible thing happened to you, but at the same time, your reaction, it was just so poorly acted, you couldn't identify with her. Yeah. Because um, when we were watching this, because I watched this again with my husband, um, he pointed out both men's rights activists and feminists were pissed at this movie. Because they all agreed <laughs> just like nothing and it worked. It All the intensity, all of the visceralness of the film got taken away by how they handled it. And the movie was really just toxic masculinity of these guys having to be so ultra macho. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have sex with this girl and she doesn't like it. I don't care. And if this guy doesn't want to do this, he's clearly gay and da 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 da. What there was no motivation for them beyond just being assholes. Mm Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen the remake, um, but I've I've heard positive things, too. I know there's actually I think there's two or three people I saw on the UHM Facebook group that were big fans of this movie. Yeah, there were a lot of fans, and I understand they like the kills better because I'll give them the kills were creative. The kills were interesting and they weren't something I had seen a million times done before. But that's the only different thing it brought to the table. And how she executed the kills and what she was saying during the kills was so deadpan. And it wasn't like a shell shock type of thing. It was just bad acting. Oh, no. (laughs) Where she's just like, she was regurgitating lines they had said to her during the rape. Which I I get that. I understand totally why you would have gone that way. It makes perfect sense. But it wasn't a survivor kind of I'm dealing with what's going on by killing you. It was just, I'm going to kill you to kill you. Mm-hmm. And she does leave one of them alive, which is debatable as to why. Like the last one, she she leaves the last one alive. Yeah, she does leave one alive. She leaves the uh, just spoiler warning. Um, she leaves the guy that's mentally defective alive because he ends up being the one that kills the sheriff. Because <laughs> um, basically, what she does is she tapes this guy to a desk, ru- uh, shoves a shotgun up his ass and ties a rope to the trigger 
that's attached to the mentally defective kid's hand. <laughs> and the kid's mentally, de- the kid was asleep or like knocked out or something. And when he woke up, he immediately started freaking out, flailing around, pulling the trigger, shooting the guy in the ass. So now this kid has the guilt of killing this guy. Right, but any any Dirty. sort of back and forth that you'd have sort morally in the original um, is sort of taken away because the, he you know he was for, or he was forced into doing it instead of um, the other way around in the original where he was more more or less so encouraged, right? Yeah, he was really just encouraged in this one, whereas like the other one, it, it kind of felt for the kid. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, yeah, what he did is despicable. Yes, it's terrible, but it's that. Not everything's so black and white, and I think that's what this movie tried to do is make it very black and white. Yeah. Did you have you guys seen uh, this one before? Yeah, it's um, it's quite a staple movie on the UK Horror Channel. Actually, um, I've seen it a couple of times, and I kind of agree with Amy. Um, some of the kills are okay, but otherwise the story just didn't really make much sense. Um. I just didn't enjoy it. How about you, Mike? Yeah, I'm the you same way. I, yeah, I've seen it. I'm the same way. I kind of agree with Amy. Uh, the kills were pretty cool, but other than that, it was pretty mediocre in my opinion. Yeah, so I'm, I'm probably going to watch it eventually as I make my way over there on my uh, DVD list, but I'm, I'm not holding much hope out from what you're describing. Um, I mean, the two sequels, if you take them as not an I spit on your grave, they're probably a halfway decent, like, rape revenge story. It's not the but, same girl, right? Like, it's not the same yeah. character gets... It, it's different, yeah. It's okay. not like a taken situation. <laughs> like, how many times is this poor woman going to get assaulted by rednecks? Well, that's what I was thinking during this remake, because there's the whole she gets gang raped, runs out finds the cop, the cop takes her back, the cop rapes her, and I'm just like, yes. And then, like, then she runs away a bunch of times that keep catching her and keep catching her. I was like, how many times? Mm. I mean, there was that element of cat and mouse in the first one. It was just much more viable, much more visceral. And I think her transformation from the nice, polite city girl to the I'm going to chop your dick off in the bathtub was a lot more apparent and a lot more powerful. Yeah. Better explained. The uh, w- w- Were the uh, rape scenes as intense as the first one was? I feel like there were a lot more cutaways. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm, like, inserting that mentally into the original. But I felt like there were a lot more cutaways. It felt like a sick girl situation where some of the more gory scenes, like you feel like you're getting the promise of this one act. And then all of a sudden it's like, Nope, cut away. <laughs> we didn't have the budget for this. Go away. Cause there was some really bad CGI in this too. Really? Yeah. Um, decent amount of practical, but there is one scene with eyeballs and bird pecking and yeah, bird pecks out like this just odd, awful CGI eyeball. Oh God. I'm having flashbacks of birdemic. Nobody's seen that one. Birdemic. No. Oh, yes, I've seen both of them. I've seen <laughs> the riff tracks. Wait a second. <laughs> you made me watch Birdemic, Amy. Didn't we have to watch that to do a, a review challenge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we both went super patriotic with it without realizing the other one did it. I know. Oh, my God. That's I remember funny. both of us having American flags with bald eagles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that was funny. Let's watch Birdemic instead. That sounds better than uh, I Spit on Your Grave. Yeah, I would totally take Birdemic. Even now that I've stopped drinking, I would take Birdemic. Yes. Yes. So any final thoughts on I Spit on Your Grave? What is it, 2011, 2010? 2010. Thank you. (laughs) Just, it's so watered down. (laughs) Just This movie commits the mortal sin of taking an idea that's very complicated and very hard to do and just plushing it down to just the most bare bones concept. And it just doesn't read well. It doesn't work well. I'm not somebody who's offended by every single freaking thing, but it just read is so offensive to both men and women. It was just very clear. Women are the victims, men are the victimizers, and that will never change. Mm. Nothing worse than half-assing a, a difficult subject. Yeah. It's like, go fall in or don't bother. Mm-hmm. So, all right, sweet, thanks. Um, I'll zip through mine here. Um, for the movie that I picked that I like, um, I love the 2012 remake of Maniac, uh, directed yes. by Frank yes. Calfoon. It is awesome. I absolutely love this movie. Um, this was for this podcast. This was the second time that I watched it. The first time I watched it, I loved it, and now I like it even more. Like going at <laughs> going at it again. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, the original Maniac was a 1980 um, Joe Spinell slasher uh, directed by William Lustig, who was probably more famous for Maniac Cop or even the um, blockbuster staple Uncle Sam, where a killer Uncle Sam goes around murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible movie. But anyway, um, it, it, the original Maniac, it's, it's sort of like it really gets into the head of the killer. And you you learn about this guy's life. You you sort of see why he kills and, um, you know, what's wrong with him and everything. And he has all these crazy visions and he's talking to his dead mother. And there's all kinds of like weird shit that's going on in his head. And it really sympathizes with the killer and, and sort of makes you not see him as a protagonist, but you, you you sort of feel for the guy and you understand what's happening with him. Um the 2012 one does very similar things, but I think it steps it up a little bit. It literally puts you behind his eyes. You're seeing what he sees. You're experiencing what he experiences. And mo- a good portion of the movie, probably most of it is filmed in a first-person pr- perspective where you're literally looking out the eyes of um, the, of the killer, Frank, um, who in this one is... Uh, is not uh, a, a disgusting, um, gross man in Joe Spinell, but um, but he's actually um, what's his face, Frodo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what the hell's his name? I, I forgot to write it. Elijah down. Wood. Elijah Wood. Yes. There he is. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's Frodo. I don't know which one he was. <laughs> yeah, Elijah Wood, and and um. I had forgot how much he's actually in the movie because remembering it, I'm like, oh, it's all shot through his eyes. So you expect not to see him, but you see a good amount of him in the movie. Every time he looks in the mirror and in reflections and they, the, the cinematography on this movie is like a plus brilliant. The fact that they can get the shots that they have of not showing the camera in reflections, but 
seeing Frodo in the reflections. It, it, it's amazing that they get these things done. And my favorite sequence of the movie is actually he's he's chasing a woman down to kill her, and they go into a parking lot. And at the, when he finally catches her and he's going to kill her, the, the, the camera sort of pans out of his eyes, and it, like, curves back, and you, you he sees himself almost. It's weird. It's almost like he's having an out-of-body experience when he's killing this woman. It's really good. And the, and the scene ends with, like, him cutting this girl's scalp off, as he always does. And you see the reflection in, I think, a car door or window or something of him standing there. And it's the it's the poster of the 1980 Maniac where he's standing there holding a, a scalp with a bloody knife. So cool. I really love this movie. I love the music in it. Um, I, I think the way the sound design in this, this is a movie that really benefits from having a surround sound system. Because when you have all the normal stuff, people talking and whatever, they'll be on different sides of the room or, you know, coming from the front or, or wherever. But when Frank speaks, his voice comes from all around. So you, it, it's like he, it's coming from all speakers, his voice. But someone else's voice is only maybe the front speaker. It's, it's really cool. I, uh, I love this one I got a lot. What do you guys think of the 2012 Maniac? Shane? Um, don't kill me, don't hate me, but I didn't actually like this too much. Oh my god, Shane! <gasps> Bearing in mind, I, I watched it once. I only watched it the once, and it was a while back. Um, so it was. I don't really remember much of it, but I distinctly remember that scene you talking you were talking about. Um, with the scat out, fuck off, Ziggy. Um. <laughs> See, the, even, uh, Zig, even Ziggy knows that you're wrong. <laughs> no, Ziggy's just kind being of, a little shit. Wrong, yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it was it was one of those films where I watched it once. I probably need to watch it again, you know, to be fair. But it was like the first time I watched it, I didn't really rate it. I just couldn't, I just didn't find Elijah Wood believable as a killer. If you see what I mean, I was just like... It'll always be Frodo. Yeah. You know, or he'll always be uh, the kid from the faculty. And, the kid from the know. faculty. Yeah. <laughs> His most famous <laughs> role. <laughs> yeah. But it was just one of those films. I watched it and I was just, I just couldn't really get into it, if you see what I mean. Now, were you a big fan of the original? Did that like sort of stick in your head when you were watching it? Um, no, not really. Uh I think I watched the original once many years ago, considering the fact I'm considerably older than you guys. Um, so I probably watched it when I was a teenager and just didn't really think much of it until after. Yeah, the original never blew me away. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are, they love the movie. And I think a lot of, the original gets a, a lot of praise for its kills because it does have amazing effects. Tom Savini doing all the effects in it and it's one of his, one of his probably best jobs um, doing the effects in that movie, but I, it never blew me away. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was it was good, but I think it gets beaten out by movies like uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I think that does the same type of thing, only it does it much better um, getting inside the serial killer's head. Wh uh, what about you, Amy? What do you think about um, The Maniacs? I absolutely agree. I do enjoy the remake a little better than I did the original. 
the, well, the original's not bad. The kills are great. It's just always kind of been lukewarm for me. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it if it's on, but I don't feel like hunting it out and watching it over something else. While Elijah Woods was just, just speaking from an artistic standpoint, because that's always where my brain goes with color palettes. It is a gorgeous fucking movie. It is just very, very, very pretty. And it's been a while since we've had a movie that looked really good like that. Yeah. I mean, now you can argue, yeah, Neon Demon happened, but this was pre-Neon Demon, so. Right. I still and, need um, to watch Neon Demon. Yeah, I haven't seen it either myself. Um, I might actually pick it up um, because my local supermarket has got it for £4 on DVD. Wow. So, yeah, so I might pick it up. Yeah, mentioning yeah, that, the, the color palette and everything, one of the big differences in sort of between this and the original is the tone of the movie. The original takes place, you know, in early in early 80s Manhattan, and it's just grungy and disgusting mm-hmm. and sleazy. You know, when you, they go into, like, the Times Square areas, like, it, it's that old school Manhattan full of strip clubs and... and porno shops and all kind hookers all over the streets mm-hmm. and everything. It's a, it's like a basket case. Um, the, the same yeah. type of environment they're showing there. And in this one, it's, it's all filmed in LA. So it doesn't really have the same, the same tone, at least a setting doesn't, but I think adding some of the neon stuff that they have in there. And like you're saying with the colors and they, they really push the art side of this one with Frank being um, a mannequin repairman, or, or however you want to describe it, and um, really focusing on him and his, I guess, quote-unquote, girlfriend's um, mm-hmm. art career using the mannequins and the photography and everything that she does. In the original, the girl the girl he's sort of going after is a photographer, but I feel like that plays almost no part in the movie other than that's just what her job is. Yeah. This, this is one of those I go either way on it where either give me something really gritty, dirty, nasty SOV or give me something very high def and very, very pretty like an Argento type thing. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what I thought was interesting? The original was supposed to be produced by Argento and it was <laughs> original. It was originally going to have a score by Goblin, but they never got it together. Um, Actually, um, Little Shop of Horror, the original one, used to play at a double feature with one of uh, with Black Sunday from Brava. Oh, really? That's yeah. a that's a strange double feature, I think. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like, that's really freaking weird. Like I don't Black see Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Mike, what do you think about uh, Maniac? Uh, I love it. I think it's one of the best re- horror remakes. Easily. Yeah. Uh, I'd lump it with like the 80s Fly and uh, uh, Hills of Eyes remake I really love. I would definitely put Maniac up there. Although I didn't like the original at all. Um, really? I don't know what all? it was. No, I, I mean, I've seen it like two or three times. I've tried giving it a chance. I just I do not care for it. Um, but I did like the Easter eggs in uh, the remake. Like one that you said about the uh, horror cover. Yeah. And then when he's on that date. Then he met that girl. I think he met that girl online or something. And she's like, man, I was so worried you were going to be some like fat, greasy haired guy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, it's uh, I think the camera works brilliant in it. I love the colors. The gore is amazing. Yeah. Um, I wrote a review on the uh, UHM message board some time back. I think I gave it like a 10 out of 10. I was all hyped up from it. It was just a great movie. Yeah. The um, the camera work again, you just made me think of um, a couple scenes like when it. When they show him and he's and if he's having like a migraine or something, 
the camera sort of goes fuzzy and it like shakes yep. a little bit and he can't focus and he'll but like the centerpiece of his vision is is focused but everything else on the sides isn't and like stuff like that really puts you into the char- like into the character's eyes it's so so cool the way they did a lot of the stuff like that and and nowadays because you know found footage is such a big thing this isn't a found footage movie i would never put it in there because because even though you're seeing through the character's eyes you're you're experiencing them it's it's not like somebody holding a camcorder it's like they really shot this to be like you're in this guy's eyeballs mm-hmm. and you're you're experiencing what he experiences yeah so, elijah wood is really into uh this movie too yeah i guess he was the one he was the one holding the camera pretty much the whole time on making this so he was also behind the camera too which is really neat so yeah, that it. that's yeah i agree with you though about the found footage thing like this isn't found footage of all at all you are the character you are mm-hmm. elijah wood gotta get that ring you are you are frodo yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, We've the, got to think of a different term for it than found footage for stuff like this because it's it's rising more and more. Yeah, yeah. As long as they keep making it better and not worse, I I feel like I don't want I don't I don't like the I guess you'd call it the internet found footage thing that they're they're sort of doing now with where they just show like computer screens. Um, like there was that one where the girl was being tracked by a killer and like the whole movie shot basically from her computer screen. Yeah, there, I forget there, the name there, of it. Yeah, and then there was that ghost one too. Like that stuff's crap. I don't want that's like dragging that's like dragging the found footage idea down and stuff like this is like elevating it. I mean, again, I don't even consider this found footage because of the way it's done. It's it's so it's so much more artistic than like a cost saving measure, which is really why they do found footage. So <laughs> Yeah, I think you guys already know my opinion on found footage, but yeah. like maybe calling these POV type films because yeah. like we are getting the killer's point of view, so it. Is... But it's a more steady cam. Yes, yes, and it looks great. Yeah, nope. you're not screaming. Put it on a goddamn tripod. Yeah, yeah. Your you're, you're not getting nauseous from watching this one. So yeah, that's that one. My pick for a uh, remake that I hate, and I thought about this for a while because when I first saw it, I gave it a real bad rap. Like I think I wrote a review and I gave it like a, a one or a two out of ten. Um, but I'm, but I'm like, it can't, I'm like, it can't possibly be that bad. So I went back and watched it again. The Nightmare on Elm Street remake from 2010. Oh, it awful. is fucking garbage. I hate this movie. That, <laughs> and, and I'm not one of these guys that's like a diehard Freddy Krueger fan. You have to blah, blah, blah. You got to stick to this. Like, I like Freddy. Um, most of the movies are fun. Two of them are scary, but. I don't I don't love Freddy. He's not my favorite slasher or anything. This movie doesn't understand Freddy at all. And I fa- I find that impossible. Like you're if you're making a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, how do you fuck up the main character of the movie, essentially? Um, and the ways that they did. Like there there's like scenes of Freddy crying and groveling when he's like still alive, and I'm like, Freddy's supposed to be this psychopath that's murdering children. Like he's not like this like a sympathetic character. You shouldn't have a sympathetic character in this point. You don't want to have feelings for Freddy. You want him to be this deranged psycho. Not like, oh, he's a guy that, you know, he's a pedophile and maybe, but he's got a heart of gold and he likes these kids and he just did something <laughs> wrong. And you're like, what? No, that's that's just completely at the, at the very base of what makes Freddy Krueger is that he's an evil piece of shit. 
And there's no reason for this guy to have come back from the dead to be attacking these kids, in my opinion. Like it, it, it doesn't... It, in the original, it was to get back at the parents who killed him. In this one, it seems he's coming back to kill the children that he used to molest? Yeah. Like, why? I don't understand. Because they got away? But he didn't kill any of them, so... I'm completely lost. When like when they were children, he didn't kill any of them. So he now he has to kill them though. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's because the film makes absolutely no fucking sense. Yeah, the 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 dreams are garbage. All the dream sequences are crap. I can't even remember them. There was there's one where a kid is swimming in a pool, and then in the dream he wakes up and he's like in a car chase, and I don't I like that doesn't make sense. You have you have it right there. He's in a pool. You could do something cool with like underwater, some type of aquatic theme. But no, you just See, drop him into a car chase. How the hell does yeah, that make any sense? It doesn't. And not only that, my one big gripe about this movie was that how they were using dialogue from the previous franchise. Yeah. because um, mm. I can't remember the scene it is, but there's the one scene where we, where Freddy says how's this for a wet dream and i was like hang on a fucking minute what the fuck <laughs> you know it was like that was nightmare on elm street for dream master and how fucking dare you you know and i just couldn't believe it i i watched it and i absolutely hated it yeah um and mm -hmm. i watched it with a friend of mine and she just she said to me she said if i could i'd throw the laptop across the room and I was like, and if you did that, you'd be buying me a new fucking laptop. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it was just fucking awful. Everything about it was bad. I didn't like what they did with the story changes, changing Freddy into a pedo instead of a fucking killer. Yeah. And I thought everything about it was fucking wrong, you know. Yeah, and the, um, I, if to its positive, I think one kill I did like was the first one they showed where the kid cuts his own throat. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, the CGI looked like shit because it's everything in this movie is all CGI. It's all garbage. Um, mm -hmm. The the Freddy makeup gets gets a lot of talk online. People hate it, and it it, it is crap. Um, there is a lot of CGI into the makeup, and that looks terrible. It, it, it's when you have these movies from like seven years ago that don't age well, but you look back at the original Nightmare on Elm Street and it still looks great because it's not a pile of shit CGI. Like, if you're going to do CGI, there are cases where CGI does look good. Like, I mean, just thinking about the Lord of the Rings movies. If you look at the Lord of the Rings movies, there's a lot of CGI in those and it actually looks good. It doesn't, it hasn't aged like shit. But something like this where they don't put any money into it and they don't even care, just do practical then. Just, you know... Just do all makeup. Don't bother with the CGI crap. Um, so I think that's the beauty with the original franchise, not in Street. It was all practical effects. It was no yeah. CGI at all. And, it, and it's so wild. But like, if you think about it, though, they were only limited in you know the original movies by their budget. So they're like, oh, you know, they would. I'm sure they would love to do like these huge set pieces, but they couldn't because they'd have to build you know giant animatronics and all kinds of crazy shit like that. Nowadays, you could go crazy with the dream sequences. You could have, like, the wildest stuff ever. But they didn't do any of that in this movie. They just had him lurking around a boiler. Except it was CG. You're like, what? 
terrible decisions. And this is another this is another Platinum Dunes remake, like the Friday the 13th or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This one is the worst one. And I, I'm not a huge fan of those as it is. I kind of like the Texas one, but I hate I hate this movie. It is crap. And it, you can obviously tell it's crap because they haven't made another Nightmare on Elm Street since then. It's essentially murdered the franchise. Can I so. gently just remind everybody Michael Bay was involved with this one, so it kind of explained everything? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah well, say no more, really. <laughs> <clears throat> that spells it out. Um, what I did notice in this, and I don't know why, um, but Katie Cassidy um, plays one of the girls in it. She was also in the Black Christmas remake. So that's kind of that's kind of interesting. And the Asian kid that's in one of the online videos, just like he's, I guess, explaining how Freddy's invading his dreams or something. He was in the Friday the 13th remake. So they're like taking these same groups of kids now and like swapping them back and forth. I mean, they're not kids now. Now, you know, these people are in their 30s. But back then they were only in their late 20s playing teens. So So, it's like Brat Pack only shitty? Yes, like a shitty Brat Pack. (laughs) So, yeah, I hate this movie. It's garbage. Uh, Mike, Mike, did you see this one? Yeah, I've seen it like twice. The first time I saw it, it pissed me off because I was in the movie theater and uh, like halfway through the movie, I already was already disliking it as it is. But like these this couple was behind me and uh, they were like, oh, man, they got the original guy to come back and play Freddy Krueger, too. And I'm like, you (laughs) got to be kidding me. And that just like sums up my movie theater experience. It's like anytime anyone's like, "Hey, you want to go see a movie in the theater?" I'm like, "Yeah, not really, because of that." Yeah. But the thing I didn't really like the most about it is because I don't remember Freddy Krueger being five foot nothing with a CGI pizza face. Yeah. <laughs> but other, other than that, garbage. He, he wasn't really intimidating, and I think that's that's depressing because I really like Jack Jackie Earl Haley. I think he's, oh, yeah, me too. he's really good, and he could have done an awesome job with this. But I think he just got handed a shit script and mm-hmm. a, a, as you described, a shit CGI pizza face. So <laughs> I mean, he was he was not really starting from anywhere good. It it, it could only have gone downhill. Yeah, because even Heather Langenkamp was like furious that Robert didn't get cast. We saw her in a panel at Monster Mania. Yeah. And she went off when somebody asked her about it. Like, she wasn't even mad. She didn't come back. She didn't care that they weren't bringing back Nancy. But she's just like, Robert England's still a viable actor, and absolutely no one can play Freddy but him, and I don't want to run to my... Like, she threatened Michael Beck. Like, and if you've ever met Heather Langenkamp, she's like the sweetest person in the world. I've I, never I have met Heather, Heather Langenkamp. I, I managed to offend her in one second. Really? <laughs> How did you do that? Come <laughs> on, oh, Ryan. Explain. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it was it was at a convention in uh, Connecticut. Um, it was actually the the only Monster Mania Connecticut convention they had. They did one, and then they never had it again. Could have been because of me. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, but Heather was there, so I went and I had just picked up one of those. Um, it's a 3D poster. I don't know if you guys. It's made of plastic. It's like a um, like a little display. Yeah, that, I know what you're talking 
that they, they they remake the poster, but the the hand like Freddy's glove is a, it's a physical piece of plastic that's like you know coming out of the poster, and you know Heather's like not like a doll, but you know what I mean. It's it's uh, uh, all made out of plastic and you know coming out. It's it's a it's a hunk of plastic. It's not a poster, but it's a, they remade the poster. So I had one of those, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get you know I'm gonna get Heather to sign this. It's gonna be great. So I go over, you know, and she's super nice, like you just said. She's like the nicest person, and I can't, we had like a little bit of a conversation, but it, it was kind of awkward, mostly because of me. But I hand her the thing. She's like, "Oh, you got one of these?" I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "Where do you want me to sign it?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, wherever you want to. It's up to you." I'm like, "You probably know better because you're signing them all the time." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, okay." She's like, I'll, "I'll tell you what. I'll sign it right here on my chest." So she's <laughs> she's signing on her plastic breasts and she's writing. She goes, oh, God, it's so tough to write on this. It's so lumpy. And me being the genius, <laughs> the genius that I am, I go, well, you would know better than anyone else. <laughs> oh, good God. So she did not think that was funny. And she's like, OK, closed it up, handed it off to me. And she's like, have a nice day. I'm like, "Ooh, shit. So as I'm walking away, a film crew was filming us for oh, okay. for Heather Langenkamp's oh. documentary. I am Nancy. Uh, I am Nancy. And yeah. the guy the guy comes yeah. over he comes over and he goes, Oh my god, oh my god, please can you sign this waiver? I need this footage. And I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I go, All right. <laughs> I did not make the cut into the movie. I'm imagining she 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 probably cut that out because uh, maybe to do me a favor. But she was she was nice up until I uh, I definitely offended her with my inappropriate comments. Go Ryan. Um, actually, if you have that DVD um, on the extra features, there's like additional footage. There's one scene that they're sort of interviewing her on the side. You can see me behind her getting John Saxon's autograph. So I'm like in the so background you, of it. I'm like, oh, that was right at, that was right before I offended her. <laughs> I met her at Scare the Care again, and she had just like flight issues. Like the, her flight, she was supposed to be there Friday. Her flight got delayed. She didn't make it to like later on Saturday, and the headshot she was supposed to have sent to the hotel didn't show. Oh my god! So she had the ones that she had on her, and was profusely apologizing to everybody, saying like, oh my. God, come back. I don't even want to sell these. These are so bad. But I have my um, Nightmare 3 poster that I won from an STC raffle. And I, she was the only one that had autographed it. So I'm just like, okay, I already got my thing. I don't care. Nice. So, yeah, yeah well, she's I, a super I, person. I officially apologize to Heather Langenkamp. And um, <laughs> if she listens. If you, of course she listens. Well, she Why wouldn't she? Person. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe, maybe she'll come down there. That would be good. She's super laid back. I met her at uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. Uh, last year, and she was just drinking a beer, just talking to people. Nice. This is just, yeah, you don't really see that. It was pretty cool. I, I saw Richard Dreyfus do that. It was 10 in the morning. <laughs> I <laughs> think I've good. seen <laughs> every major celebrity that's been to STC do that. I've seen Jack Ketchum do it. I've seen Ken Free do it. Nice. Actually, I almost corrected Ken Free on something and then realized who he was and shut my mouth immediately. Yeah, you just let him go. <laughs> uh, Sid Haig does it all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, William Forsyth actually gave my husband a beer, and he's pretty sure it's because he wasn't bothering him. <laughs> he was just sitting there with like four people talking to him and just 
William Forsythe just hands him a bear because he wasn't bothering him. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. All right, well, let's wrap this up. I think we've talked enough remakes and um, offending celebrities for one day. So, um, yeah, in summary, um, whatever we said was good is good, and whatever we said was bad sucks, and that's the law. So don't try contradicting it. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, um, you, could pro- you could either hit us up on Twitter or uh, Gmail. Um, Gmail address is... Uh, oh, sh- my dog's eating something out of the garbage. Butter! Get out of there! Stop eating that! Damn it! Give me that! Get- <laughs> I'm sorry, this should be as funny as this! <laughs> Alright, I got her. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. The Gmail is uhmpod at gmail. or uhmpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Ryan Tudelo. And uh, you can find us on the UHM Fans Facebook group or on the actual uh, UpcomingHorrorMovies.com message board. We're, pro- we're all on there quite often. And um, Shane, you want to give your contact info? Uh, yeah, you can contact me on um, Twitter, uh, at Dead Cell Society. Um, Instagram, Dead Cell Society 74. Um, that's about it, really. And you'll find me lurking around on UHM. Mike? Uh, I'm on the uh, UHM fans page quite a bit. Uh, I'm Mike Whittemore. Um, other than that, I'm on the uh, official forum. I'm DMhead777. You can catch me in either of those two places. Other than that, that's my life. And uh, Amy? Uh, UHM, I am Primetime Loser on the UHM fan page, Amy Davis Tobin, and any other social media you can imagine, Blood Guts SC. Blood Guts and Social Commentary, yeah, definitely check out yep. her YouTube channel, it's awesome. Are you still doing weekly videos, or uh, are, we cu- are we cutting back a little bit? Um, I'm still trying to hold the two videos a week. It depends on how detoxing goes. Um, yeah. I'm actually probably going to cut a video like tomorrow and explain things and try and figure out what things are going on. Yeah, it's definitely a channel everybody should should subscribe to. It's got really good, uh, really good content on there. I like that you don't just stick to horror movies and you sort of go into all kinds of art forms and everything. Paintings, music, that your uh, your series like controversial controversial art was really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I just released a video today about, well, won't be today whenever this releases, but yeah, um, <laughs> just about trying to explore if snuff is real. Um, there's already some controversy over the board on that one. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, that's it for now, guys. And uh, thanks for listening. And hit us up if you have any requests or questions or Want to find out a way to just give us cold, hard cash? You can do that, too. And And, nudes. um, Send nudes. Yes, always send nudes. nudes. I normally have to dance for my money. This is going to backfire on us one day. One day we're actually going to get nudes. Yeah, and it's going to be from me. Oh, God. See, the thing is, I mean, with Twitter, anything goes, which is really quite disturbing. Because I've seen some stuff that is just like not cool on Twitter, and, um, and, and that's so, on your Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what what goes on on Twitter stays on Twitter. Put yeah. it that way. But, All right, um, guys. Caps it and put it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> All right, oh, thanks dude. for joining us, and we'll see you guys the next time. Bye for now. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right.